Well, good morning, church. It is great to be with you today. I am so excited for the series that we are kicking off today and be going through in the month of October. It is going to be a great month. If you're a guest with us today, you are here on a great day as we kick off some good work. Uh, my name's Ethan, one of the ministers here, and I'm glad you're here. Uh, before we jump into it, though, a couple of announcements. Uh, tonight we have Gospel Griddle Cakes, Grits, and Gravy. Our choir and our top two generations are sponsoring an event. It's going to be a gospel song concert and also a potluck breakfast for dinner uh, for our top two generations bring food to share but Mike says for everybody else if you want to come just come enjoy breakfast for dinner and enjoy some great music glad to have you there uh, speaking of breakfast men's breakfast is coming back October 21st so be there for that all right I got one more one more announcement uh, that I forgot um, all right Turn around, because the reign of God is about to begin. play the trumpet, but turn around. Uh, the reign of God is about to begin. Turn from the reign of Caesar. He will not save you. Turn from the reign of Herod the tyrant. Turn from seeking power in the kingdoms of this world, for they will only crush you. Turn even from the reign of yourself, for the kingdom of God the reign of God is, is right here. That was how Jesus began his ministry. I mean, except for the trumpets. They didn't have trumpets. But other than that, that was how he began his ministry. Everywhere he went, he said, good news. The reign of God is about to begin. And he had a cousin named John uh, who was in prison and he wanted to know, like, is it for real? Like, are you really the one who is going to establish the reign of God in the world? And Jesus sent a message back to him. He says, you go back, you tell John what you've seen. You've seen the blind receive sight. You've seen the lame walk. You've seen those who have leprosy cleansed. You've seen the deaf hear and the dead rise You've seen good news proclaimed to the poor, and you have seen that everyone who does not stumble over me is blessed. Jesus says that the evidence for the beginning of the reign of God is miracles of restoration and healing, recovery, and, and that's what we're talking about in this series that we kick off next week. Kind of this week's sort of the intro sermon. Next week it starts. We're talking about the reality that God restores broken people. Heals wounded lives. Repairs those parts of us that we thought were damaged and long forgotten meant only for the trash. And God says, no, no, I can fix that. 
I can work in that. I can heal that. The parts of us that feel so broken and tender, we don't even want to admit they're there. And God says, I can, I can right there is where I do my best work. I'm so excited about this series we're kicking off. It's called Dumpster Diving. Dumpster Diving. You know what dumpster diving is, right? That, that's the thing where you want something so bad, you crawl into the dumpster to get it. Uh, most of us, I think the first time we go dumpster diving, it's probably because we lost something, right? I remember I was in an event once, um, where I'd put my car keys on the tray with uh, my food, whatever, and at the end, you were supposed to dump your trays into the trash can, and, and, and I did, right? And then I went to leave the event, and I didn't have my car keys. And, and I knew what I'd done immediately. I knew what I'd done. I'd thrown them away. I went back with a friend. We first went to the trash cans. But no, they'd been cleaned out. Whoever it was, they were on the job. All the, the bags had been bagged up, tied up. And so we went out back behind this place where we'd had the event. And it was one of these lovely places. The whole event was so lovely. But have you ever noticed that even if the place is lovely, their dumpsters are still just as nasty as every dumpster ever, you know? You know, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, the dumpsters are nicer at Hilton Head. It's all the same nasty dumpsters, you know. And sure enough, it was a nasty dumpster. My friend boosted me up to the top of the dumpster, and I just sort of jumped down in on top of all the trash. All the bags were identical, and I didn't, you know, what else do you do, right? I just started tearing them open and looking through all the half-eaten, uneaten food from the whole event. About the seventh or eighth bag, I ripped one open, and I heard clink. And there were my keys that we successful, you know. But if that's the way you stump, start dumpster diving, you know, you might go dumpster diving for different reasons, right? I remember uh, when I was in college, I had a big old station wagon and some buddies and I, we would always on trash day, we would early in the morning drive through the nice neighborhoods because they would have furniture out on the street that they were throwing away that was better than anything we could ever buy in our, we're like, we'll take that, you know. It's got three legs, that's close enough to a couch, nobody will ever notice. Put a brick under one corner, we're good, right? You've, some of you have done this, right, you know. Somebody else's trash is your treasure. People go dumpster diving for all kinds of reasons. Sometimes it's because they're desperate. They're looking for a couch they can't afford or a meal they can't get, you know. Some people go dumpster diving because they're thrifty, right? Or they're clever, they're, 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 they're mechanically gifted, and they know they're going to go to that dumpster, and they're going to find something that somebody else thought was trash. And they're going to take one look at it and be like, well, I can, I can fix that. I can use that, a little bit of duct tape and a coat of paint. Nobody will ever notice, you know? That's sort of how God works. If you ever were to go dumpster diving with God, you'd find all sorts of things that you were just sure were trash. You were just sure were broken beyond repair, unredeemable, unsavable. And God says, well, I, I can fix that. I can work with that. I can build on that. That, that. that thing you look at and think has to just be forgotten and ignored, God says, I could make that the foundation for a life of so much meaning and purpose, you'd, you'd never know. We're, we're going to some trashy places in this series. 
but we're starting in the dumpster because the reality is that no matter how nice your life may look on the outside, everybody's got a dumpster, you know. I mean, we do, we do, the, we do what they do at Disney, right? You know, you make your trash cans look like tree stumps or droids or whatever it is, you know, so you don't notice the trash, but it's there. The trash is everywhere. And we do the same things. We dress it up nice. We hide it behind all the pretty things. But every one of us has a place where we put the parts of us that are broken and bad. The place where we bury what's hurt and where we failed. The places in our lives where we are sorry or we are stuck. I've noticed that sometimes even my best stuff, my most precious strengths and abilities, even my wealth can wind up in the dumpster because I use it for selfish, destructive, and evil purposes. And God has a different plan. God just comes in to the pain, torment, sin, fear and failure of our lives and he says hey let's let's go dumpster diving i can fix that i can use that i can heal that i can restore that i can replace that repair that mend that that story you thought it was a story of failure i have a different ending to that story and this is more than just a sermon series it's what we call an alignment which means we're going all in to the dumpster. We're diving all in to the dumpster. And I hope you're ready to do that. Uh, we've got these booklets uh, that we've, pr we've produced. You're gonna, you'll find them. They'll be easy to find on your way out the door. I hope everybody grabs one. There are devos in this booklet. The devos start not this week, but after next week's sermon. Janet will talk about that next week. Devos start next week. There's a group study guide in here. And I just want to challenge you. Everybody needs to be in a group. And in fact, not just everybody here, but people you know who aren't here, they need to be in a group with you. Here's the way it works. If you're not in a group, get in a group. If you've got five friends, start a group with your five friends. We will give you all the tools and all the resources you need to start a group, and you're going to be so glad that you did. Also, I'll just say, you are going to want to invite people on this journey. Okay, if you don't invite people this next week to say, hey, we're starting this new thing in my church, you should come with me. In six weeks, you're going to be saying, you know what, I should have invited so-and-so. They really could have used a dose of hope in their life. They really could have used a reminder that God can repair what is broken. They are in a broken place and they need to hear it. I wish I'd at least told them they could have heard good news. Parents, you're going to discover that every week these topics are going to make super simple jumping off points for your conversation with your children. You're going to get to say, you know, I had a situation where I failed pretty badly and I thought that was the worst, but God worked in that situation and God redeemed that situation. And so if you ever fail, God will do you're going to have some great conversation starters out of this, parents. I just challenge everybody to get fully committed to this thing. And, and here's what I know. If we were by ourselves, this would be really scary. 
to enter, to crawl into a dumpster all by yourself is just physically terrifying, right? I mean, you might get out, you might not, right? I mean, you might just have to wait till the next time they throw something away and like, ah, don't hit me, I'm in here. And to enter the dumpster of our lives is also scary. You'll be surprised what you find when you go really looking for the corners of trash that you have tucked away in the dark places in your soul. You'll find old things and smelly things and things you'd forgotten about. Failure and fear and sin and shame, selfishness and sadness. It'd be a scary thing if you were going alone. But we, we aren't going to go alone. We're going to go with Jesus. In fact, he'll be the one, if you'll let him, he'll be the one that will sort through the trash, get his hands stained with last night's spaghetti sauce and last week's ham sandwich, you know. He'll be the one who sorts through it all. And you'll discover it, it won't be scary. It'll be amazing. Let me give you a little preview of some of the things we're going to learn when we go dumpster diving with Jesus. Uh, we'll learn this. We'll learn that your place of greatest failure, past or your present failure, can be a place of fruitfulness by the power of God. Some of you need to know that. Some of you know somebody who needs to know that. We're going to talk about it next week. Today, you're just going to have to take my word for it, but next week, we're going to open up, open up God's word. We're going to see these principles demonstrated in God's word. That the place where you have failed the most and the deepest by the power of God can be the actual location by which you produce the most fruit for God's glory. You know, you'll be like, you don't understand, Ethan. I have failed as a parent. And yes, I'm telling you by God's grace, God could use you to raise up the next generation if you would let him. You don't understand. I have failed in my marriage. Yes, I know. But by God's grace, you could be a person God could use to bless hundreds of other marriages if you would let him. The very location of your greatest failure can be a place of fruitfulness by the power of God. We'll talk about a truth like this. Again, some of you don't know this is true because you've never invited Jesus into your dumpster. But where you have suffered, the places of suffering in your life, and where you still suffer, even suffering can be redeemed by God. In those very places of suffering, God desires to comfort you and through you provide comfort to others. Wouldn't that be amazing? Some of you are suffering today. And the, the Bible just promises that where you are suffering, if you will let God, God will comfort you. And where God comforts you, you can then comfort others. We're going to discover this. Where you are stuck in meaningless toil and wasted time, God wants to use your life to make a difference in the world. Some of you are like, not me, you don't understand. Everything I do is a waste of time. My job's a waste of time. My leisure life is a waste of time. It's all a waste. And God just says, well, yeah, today it is. But tomorrow is a new day. If you would just take me into all that wasted time, I could redeem it and make it have purpose. Where you are wasting your resources and your time and you are investing your life in meaningless things that will be forgotten tomorrow, God can leave an eternal legacy. I want to talk about this. Maybe you could summarize what we're going to discover in this. By the grace of Jesus, 
your past, the life you have lived up until this moment, is a prologue, not a prison. And again, I'm not asking you to believe me today, okay? I know a lot of you don't. A lot of think you don't understand, Ethan. My story is already written. The trajectory of my life is already set. I will never undo what I have done. I will never make up for what I have done. I will never live down what I have done. I will never pay for what I have done. That The past of my life has already so established the trajectory of my life. My past is my destiny. And Jesus says, no, your past is not a prison. Your past is merely the first chapter of the rest of the story that God intends to write. If if you would just just go there. I read a newspaper article some time ago back. I don't remember all the details, but it was about a small town that had introduced a recycling program that they were very, very proud of. And they'd announced it, and the city council had run on this new recycling program they were going to institute. You know, they'd bought all the bins, and they'd put the stickers on the side, and they'd passed all the bins out. There was only one problem. When they went to actually contract with a recycling company that would actually process all the stuff, they couldn't find anybody who wanted their contract. It was too small. It wasn't worth the trucks. Anything was... So what this newspaper reporter had discovered was that instead of just telling people, hey, folks, sorry, the recycling program didn't work out, they still made everybody sort the trash and put it all in the bins, and they drove the little recycling trucks with the green label on the side to pick up all the recycling bins, and then they drove those recycling trucks to the town dump right next to the trash trucks. They were just just throwing it all away. And I remember, I remember the first sentence of the article, and it said, your recycling bin is really a trash can. And it just talked about how all this work we're doing to sort all the trash, it's all a waste, it's all getting burned at the dump, just like all the regular trash. And that story made me laugh, you know, it's funny, that kind of thing's happened in the world. But as I've been working on this series, I got remembering that story and just thinking, With God, it's exactly the opposite. With that little town, their recycling bin was a trash can. The things they thought could be saved and reused and repurposed and made meaningful again, it was all just trash. But with God, it's just the opposite. God shows up in the dumpster of your life and you're like, all of this has got to get thrown away. And he says, oh, no, 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 we can fix that. We can heal that. We can restore that. That can come back to life again. God recycles and repairs and reuses and accomplishes God's glory in the things we thought we could only go throw out back and hope nobody ever saw, hope they didn't smell up the place too bad. I just want to curious as we're getting ready to go. We're going to restart this next week. Do you know anybody who needs to know that? Do you know anybody who spends their life staring at a mountain of trash somewhere deep in their soul and just needs to be told that you can go there and if you take God, you'll be amazed by what you find. Each week we're going to explore the truth that God rescues, redeems, and restores what we thought was wasted. Uh, And we're also going to talk about how we partner with God. How do you go dumpster diving with God? That's sort of the question. How do I do it? How do I go dumpster diving with God? 
Every week, we're going to talk about four practices. I want to preview these four practices for you right now so you're kind of prepared to do them starting next week. These are the four things you got to do if you want to partner with God in the work of dumpster diving. We, we made them all start with R so they're easy to remember. You got to recognize, you got to replace, you got to reach out, and you've got to trust in the resurrection. Recognize. The first thing you got to do, we'll be talking about this every week. You'll hear these four words again as we look at these different areas. The first thing you got to do if you want to go dumpster diving with God is you have to admit you have a dumpster. So many people in this world are stuck in their sin, stuck in their failure, stuck in their regret and their brokenness and their loss because they simply won't admit it's there. They just won't tell the truth. I know people who would rather watch their marriage burn than admit they need help with their marriage. We are weird people like that, right? We're weird people. We would rather live with brokenness than ask somebody to come help us repair what is broken. And I say we, because I do it too. I was just the other day getting some exercise with some friends. It was a hot afternoon, and I had forgotten to bring water with me. And so as the afternoon went on, I'm getting thirstier and thirsty, and my friend saw that I was thirsty, and he'd brought a whole bunch of water, and I hadn't brought any water. And so my friend says to me, hey, Ethan, do you want water? I brought extra water. And you know what I said? I said no. You want to know why I said no? Because I would rather be thirsty then admit that I forgot to bring a water bottle. That's obviously insane, right? Like, that's crazy. And I just did it, like, four days ago. <laughs> that's crazy. But I'm not the only one. And the worst that meant was I was a little lightheaded by the time I got home and guzzled down water. And some of us are doing that with things that are a way bigger deal than forgetting a bottle of water for an afternoon of exercise. Here's what God's word says about the need to recognize that we all have a trash can somewhere. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just who will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. His word is not in us. Scholars have recently discovered the original version of the Greek was as follows. If we claim we don't have a dumpster, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess to the trash in our lives, he is faithful and just and will clean up the trash and repair every broken part of us. If we claim we don't have any trash, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Here's the amazing things about God. If you say, oh, no, God, I don't have a trash can, well, then you're a liar because you've got a trash can. But if you were to tell God, actually, God, I have so many trash cans and they are overflowing. Interestingly, if you admit it to God, then what God says, oh, actually, that's a recycling bin. I can work with that. We don't have to throw that away. We can repair it, heal it, redeem it, fix it, use it for my glory. It'll be part of your testimony. It, people will, will give glory to God. Because in fact, Paul, Paul actually says 
that God's power is made perfect in our weaknesses. That God actually delights to work in your areas of weakness. Because when God works in your areas of weakness, the glory of God is revealed more clearly. This is crazy about our God. If, if God were to visit your house, he would rather hang out in your trash than in your dining room. Because that's where he can do glorious work. That's where his fame increases. And you get to say, look what God did with my trash. Look what God did with my trash. First step, we've got to recognize. Second thing we've got to do is we've got to replace. We've got to acknowledge that for us to have find life in death, we need to allow God to replace what is dead with what is alive. You know, one, of the, one of the most difficult prayers for me to pray, pray in my personal spiritual life is this prayer. God, teach me to desire the good you have for me rather than the evil that I prefer. That's a very hard prayer to pray. And if you want to go dumpster diving with God, you've got to learn to pray that prayer. God, teach me to desire the good that you have for me instead of the, the mess that I've made on my own. We could look at lots of biblical texts that talk about this work of replacement. Uh, one that means a lot to me is from Colossians chapter 3. He first establishes that we are in, in relationship with a dumpster diving God. He says, since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And then he talks about this work of replacement. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now rid yourselves of anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices. You've put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. God says, yeah, yeah, we're not getting that back out of the trash can. But what we're going to do is take what you put in the trash can and we're going to pull it out and it's going to be renewed. It's going to look different. Here's what it'll look like. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourself with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. What you threw away as wrath... God says, by the time we take it out of the dumpster, it's going to look like mercy. What you threw away as lust, by the time we take it out of the dumpster, it's going to look like purity. And you're going to say, God, how did you do that with my trash? And God is like, that's what I do. I turn trash cans into recycling bins. That's just how I work. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgives you. Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What we'll discover as we go dumpster diving with God, is it won't be enough to just recognize. It won't be enough to just identify the wasteful patterns of our life. We will also need to replace these patterns. Replace these patterns with new patterns that produce life and wholeness. Third skill. We're going to need to learn to go dumpster diving with God. We will need 
to reach out. And I tell you, for some of you, this will be where you give up. For some of you, you'll be like, okay, I can, I, can, I can recognize, I can confess my sin to God, I can admit it, I got a problem, and, and I, can, I, can, I can hope for and wish for the good things of God rather than the mess I've made in my life, I can do that, but not this. This is too far. To actually go to another person and say, I need help, that is too much. But that's what we're going to work on. If you want to take seriously the redempting work of God in your life, you will need to learn to say, help. Right? Else you get down there in the dumpster and can't figure out how to climb out. Some of you, just like me, you're going to hate this part. Again, we could look so many places. Maybe my favorite articulation of this principle in God's word is in Galatians chapter 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You will know how serious you are about dealing with the trash in your life by whether or not you tell somebody else about it. It's the easiest way to know. Are you really trying to deal with the suffering you've gone through and get past it? Well, are you talking to somebody about it? Are you really trying to deal with a pervasive sin pattern that is just holding you back from holiness? Well, have you told anybody? Have you asked anybody? For, I mean, that, it's, it's the easiest way to know. Uh, a few years ago, my family, we bought one of those great big coolers. Some of you got one of these big coolers. And, um, and when I bought it, I wanted to make sure um, that I could carry it, right? So I went to the store and picked it up. And I can, all by myself, carry this great big cooler um, as long as it's completely empty. Um, I did not anticipate. I kind of didn't do the math there. If you put two cans of soda in this cooler, suddenly I don't have a chance. Like I am breaking my back. That cooler is going nowhere. And so if I want to move that cooler, I'm, I'm getting help. And, and that's the way the trash cans of our lives work, right? Yeah, if there's no trash in your trash can, you don't need help carrying it. Anybody can carry an empty trash can, right? And that's the way life is. When everything's fine, you're fine. But everything isn't fine. And when everything's not fine, you're not fine. And you need help. And I, I, again, we'll talk about this more throughout the series, about who, who might be the, the allies you need. But again, I just want to be this blunt. If you want to work with God to deal with the trash in your life, you will get help eventually from a trusted, grace-filled, faithful Christian ally who wants to walk with you toward freedom and restoration and wholeness and forgiveness and joy and purpose. And if you aren't getting help, then you aren't really trying to get free. You're still hiding your trash. Last thing, last skill we're gonna learn together. Last way we partner with God in the dumpster diving work God wants to do in your life, and that is resurrection. The resurrection is an event. 
It is the founding event of our faith. Jesus Christ died on a cross, rose again in history. And our faith is built on the truth of that event. And I would just say, if you're here today and you're not rock solid on the fact that the resurrection happened, come talk to me. Let me buy you breakfast and I will share with you the reliable evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is why I'm a believer today. But the event of the resurrection is not all there is to say about the resurrection. Because the resurrection is not only an event, it is also a promise. It is a promise to every one of us. Paul writes, from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. If anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old has gone, the new is here. The resurrection is an event in history, but is also a promised reality for the life of the one who trusts in Jesus. That you yourself are in the process of being resurrected. That's the, the, you might wonder, just how good is God at dumpster diving? Can he fix broken things? Yes. Can he repair wounded things? Yes. Can he mend torn things? Yes. But it goes beyond that. He can make dead things alive. That's how good God is at dumpster diving. And the event of the resurrection becomes a promise of resurrection. And for those who trust in Jesus, the promise of resurrection becomes the power of resurrection. Listen to this prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul has been writing about the grace and mercy of God. And then in light of that grace and mercy, he prays this prayer. He says, for this reason, because of God's grace and mercy, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And he's going to pray that they would know three things. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know, number one, know the hope to which he has called you. That is precisely the hope of restoration and repair and healing. Know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the holy people. That is the promise of eternal life and an eternal home in a restored kingdom that God is establishing under the reign of God. And here's the third thing he wants them to know. Know the incomparably great power for us who trust in Jesus, for us who believe. What is the power that is available to us who are trusting in Jesus? What is the nature and scope of that power? He says, I I want you to know that. I'm praying that you would know about the power of God that is now available at work in the life of everyone who trusts in Jesus. He's going to tell them what it is. He says, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. What is the power available to all who trust in Jesus? It is the power of the resurrection. Nothing less, for nothing less will do. He has now seated Christ above every rule and authority, power and dominion, every name that's invoked, not only in the present age, but in the age to come. God placed all things under his feet, appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And I just want to be clear, it is that power 
the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that is now available to me and to everyone who trusts in Jesus. That's the only reason I'm brave enough to go dumpster diving. I am neither cavalier nor proud of the trash that I have collected in my life. I don't take this trivially. I don't take it lightly. This, um, this bin right here is actually the recycling bin uh, from our uh, copy room. And so the trash in it, um, first of all, there's not very much. I've got to lean down. Uh, but the trash in it is really nice, sanitized trash. Doesn't smell bad. Sort of smells, smells like copier ink, actually, which is kind of a nice smell, you know. This is a really nice trash can. That is not what I find when I go dumpster diving in my life. I do not find a nice, sanitized trash can. I find a smelly, heavy, full, you know, the kind the bugs fly around, you know. The only way I could go there, and the only way I could invite you to go there with me is because I go there with Jesus. And he brings with him the power of the resurrection. We're going to recognize. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do these four things over the next six weeks. We're going to recognize. You got a dumpster? Don't pretend you don't. It won't smell any better if you pretend it's not there. You've got things you need to replace where you trade the things of your flesh for the things of God. You're going to need to reach out and get some help. And you're going to need to place your trust in Jesus because the only way we can face the mess in our lives is with the power of resurrection. And, and with that power, you can be unafraid. I, I'm not afraid to face the mess I've made in my life because I go with Jesus. And he was not afraid of the cross and he was not afraid of death and he was not afraid of the grave and he was not afraid of the tomb and he was not afraid of the stone and he is not afraid of the dark corners of your soul either. He is not afraid of your failure. He is not afraid of your suffering or your sorrow. He's not afraid of the wasted hours of your day that will soon turn into a wasted life if you're not careful. He is not afraid because he brings with him the power of the resurrection. October is going to be a great month. If you'll give yourself into this and just allow yourself to hear the word of hope that's straight from God's word, it's going to be a great month. I hope you bring somebody who needs that kind of hope in their life. Invite them into your group. Invite them to come here on Sunday morning. Right now, I'm just going to pray for us, uh, and we're going to kind of pray a prayer based off that prayer we just read from Ephesians, and then we'll worship together some more. Let's pray. I'm asking you, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may you give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may, we may know the hope to which you have called us, that we may know the riches of your glorious inheritance in us, and that we may know the incomparably great power that is now for us who have placed our trust 
in you. This power is the same as the mighty strength that you exerted when you raised Christ up from the dead and seated Jesus at your right hand in the heavenly realms. And now, God, we are bold to call upon that power. Give us the confidence to go with you to the dark and messy places of failure and rebellion and loss and suffering and shame in our lives. Places where we are not proud and we are not brave, but we are willing to go if you, our Savior, will take us there. Take us with you so that we might watch you heal all that which we thought was lost forever. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.